Our gospel lesson for today, the second Sunday of Easter, comes from John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and place my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not yet seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which were not written in this book. But these were written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. People of God, may the grace and peace of our triune God be yours today and forever. Amen. There was a day, this happened about probably two or three years ago, maybe three or four years ago. I was in my office. I was working. As I often do, I had music playing. I a lot of times will play some music when I'm, when I'm working in the office. And I don't remember what song came on, but it was kind of a jam. And so I got up out of my chair, and I was dancing in my office. And I was enjoying myself, and I had the music kind of loud. And in one particular instant, I had turned around facing the window. I'm looking the wrong direction now, but facing the window that goes out into the parking lot. So I had my back to the door. And all of a sudden, I turned around, and I was not alone. Many of you know Linda Merdinger, a member of our community. She had come in the front door. I didn't hear it. She had walked up the steps. I didn't hear it. She had walked to my door. I did not hear her. And so it was kind of one of those like, ah! I mean, we've all done that, right? Somebody just gets into your space and you don't know they're there and it startles you and you jump. I mean, it happens probably a lot. But this particular moment, I about went through the roof. I may have had a very slight heart attack, but it it just, I I was just so spooked. And the whole thing was because I thought I was alone. I I thought that there was no one else there. had nothing to do with the fact that I was dancing and I was kind of sheepish because she busted me dancing in my office, but because I thought I was alone and there was someone who should not have been there who was there. Now, that idea, put it in the back of your minds, and let's start talking about our gospel. We're post-Easter now. We're post-resurrection. And all four of the gospels give us some indications of the different times when Jesus shows up 
to various individuals these, these moments known as resurrection appearances or post-resurrection appearances. Now, last week on Easter Sunday, we, we heard a bit out of Matthew's gospel where the angel is reported to the women, the tomb is empty, and go tell the disciples. And as the women go to tell the disciples, Jesus shows up and he's like, hey, how's it going? A little bit later on, Jesus shows up to the disciples on a mountaintop in Galilee. That's the way Matthew's gospel ends. Now, Mark's a little bit weird. We've got this kind of tacked-on epilogue where, where the author tells us about different times when Jesus showed up after his resurrection. And then we have Luke. And in Luke's gospel, the first Jesus shows up to these two random disciples as they're walking the road from Jerusalem to Emmaus. Review, that's our text a week from now. And also, Jesus shows up some more. Apparently, he shows up to Peter, and then he shows up to the whole group like, hey, peace be with you. What's up? That's Luke. Then we've got John. Now, in John's gospel, the first time Jesus shows up is, at, is the morning of the resurrection. It's at the tomb, and it's to Mary Magdalene. Now, Mary Magdalene has the distinction of being the only individual named in all four gospels as having gone to the tomb. So she's pretty important. But she shows up, or he shows up. She shows up, and then he shows up, and he calls her by name, and she recognizes him. And then they have this moment together, and then he says, go tell my brothers. So Mary Magdalene runs off to the disciples. She finds where they're hiding. I have seen the Lord. Now, a couple of the disciples, then they run off, and they see the tomb, and they're like, eh, okay, something's going on. We don't really know what. And now we have reached the point of that evening. So where our story picks up today it's the evening of the resurrection. So we kind of got, got to get in our time machine and we have to go back a week to last Sunday evening. Now, they're all shut up in the room. They're all closed up. Now, we know that there are 10 of the disciples there. Judas is out of the picture and we hear Thomas is not there for whatever reason. There may be some other individuals there. We don't really know, but it's, it's this group of disciples are together. Now, the door is locked. They are closed in. Nobody's coming in or out and it's out of fear. They're still afraid that uh, they're going to share in the same fate that Jesus had. And so there's that, that issue. Sorry, I got a little distracted there. I think she's okay. All right. Suddenly, in their fear, in their trembling, in their, their feeling of unknown where they don't know what's going on, they might as well be in their office dancing because Jesus is like, ah! And we're done. <laughs> exactly. Jesus just shows up. Like, how's he there? We don't know. He passes through a locked door. That should not be possible. But apparently now in the resurrection, locked doors don't stop him. And Jesus just shows up. And I imagine it's scary because the disciples had not seen him yet. They, they had heard the story, I have seen the Lord, but they had not seen him, and he just kind of passed through a locked door. None of this should be possible, and all of a sudden, Jesus is there. Now, we hear that he shows them his hands and his side. He shows them the wounds of the crucifixion, and this is an important thing to remember. Jesus is alive again. Death has been overcome. The crucifixion has been overcome, but it's not erased. It still happened. Death still happened. Death is still a reality but Jesus has somehow overcome it. Now, the disciples rejoice when they recognize this is Jesus. 
And he tells them, not just once, but twice, peace be with you. I can imagine that the disciples are scared, and they're probably feeling a ton of emotions. And Jesus says this thing that so often we hear. You know, oftentimes we hear, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. In this situation, it's peace be with you. Whatever turmoil you might be feeling, be at peace. And he says it not just once, but twice. And then we hear that he breathes the Holy Spirit into them. He empowers them because they are going to be the body of Christ moving forward. Now, from here, it kind of, we kind of get into the narration and things kind of move on. And we start to hear about Thomas. Thomas isn't there. He has not had this same experience. He has not seen the resurrected Lord. He has not been empowered with the Holy Spirit. He has not been sent, as, as Jesus says, as the Father sent me, now I send you. So Thomas misses out on this whole thing. And since the disciples have now had this amazing moment, just like Mary Magdalene had had the amazing moment earlier in the day, they go searching. Jesus apparently kind of disappears. And they go and they find Thomas. Thomas, dude, guess what? We have seen the Lord. And instead of being like, yeah, I'm so happy for you guys, Thomas is like, really? I don't believe it. I'm sure he said it just like that, too. We always called Thomas Doubting Thomas, which admittedly is really not the greatest moniker. Uh, it's not that he actually he doubts, because if you doubt, it's like, well, it could be true, and I just don't know. He, we just hear, actually, he doesn't believe it. He just flat out doesn't believe it. And I can't say that I really blame the guy. Mary Magdalene saw Jesus, and they heard that report. And now the rest of the disciples have seen Jesus. I have seen the Lord. We have seen the Lord. It stands to reason that Thomas wants to see the Lord. He wants to have the same experience that the other individuals are having. He probably wants to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He probably he wants to experience all this just like everybody else does. So now we got to hop in the time machine again. And we fast forward a week. So like today or tonight. And they're all locked up again. Apparently, they learned nothing the week prior. They're all locked up in the doors again. Jesus does his thing again. Ah! Hey, guys, what's up? Okay, no scream this time. Peace be with you. He says the same thing again. And then he looks at Thomas. Now, do you suppose Jesus had some side eye going on with this? Like, dude. Or, I don't know, maybe not. Maybe that's just me being snarky. But he looks at Thomas, and he, he calls to Thomas directly. Thomas, look at my hands. Come put your finger in the holes in my hands. Touch the wound in my side. It is not me. No longer be in disbelief, but believe it. Now, here's where Thomas actually does something that's really important. He makes a statement that no one else makes. No one else in the gospel says what Thomas says. My Lord and my God. I think his statement echoes what we've heard from the others. Mary Magdalene says, I have seen the Lord. The disciples say, we have seen the Lord. And now Thomas might as well be seeing, I am literally seeing the Lord right now. He's back. He is alive. Death has been overcome. Now, Jesus continues to have this little bit of banter with, with Thomas. And he says, you believe because you have seen. But blessed are the ones who have not seen and yet have come to believe. 
We also hear that Jesus performs some other miracles, some other signs, and he does this in the presence of the disciples. So many, in fact, that if they were all written down, there would not be enough books in the world to contain them all. That's, that's literally written in the gospel. But we hear that there are many signs that were not written down. But the ones that have been, what we have in the gospels, they have been written so that those of us who have not seen the risen Lord may believe that he is the Messiah, the Son of God, and in believing have life in his name. This is, I think, like pretty much flipping the switch on the, the living Jesus being in the world and then the ongoing work of the church throughout the ages. Because if we have to see, literally see, the risen Lord in order for this to work, none of us would be here. Forty days after Jesus was raised, he goes to heaven and he disappears. But the people of God, the disciples, the church, whatever we want to call it, they are empowered by that Holy Spirit and given a, miss, a mission to go and talk about it, to, to share their experience of the Lord in whatever way that happens. And thanks be to God that that has happened because that means that we can be here now. The same spirit that Jesus breathes into the disciples is the same spirit that resides within each one of us as well. It's the living spirit of the God that's blowing throughout the world that does many, many amazing things that empowers people with different gifts in different ways at different times. One of the gifts that we have been given is faith, the gift of faith in believing in this unbelievable thing that the one who suddenly shows up out of nowhere, ah, the risen Lord has in fact done just that. He's overcome the power of death. Death is not erased, but it has been beaten. And that same Holy Spirit also brings the promise to us that we will share in it. That's the promise of the resurrection, and that is given to every single one of us. Now, thanks be to God for whatever it is that God has accomplished through the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. I don't understand what it is, but it sounds real, real good. And I also think that the promise applies to every single one of us that when we also experience death, and we will, every single one of us will, that Jesus will be there to meet us. And it won't be, ah, it'll be, get in here and give me a hug. Amen.